This is Jesse Parker and Tommy Niblack. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Faith, Faith Chair, where we answer the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I tackle the question, is it still important for us to pray for Israel? Hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Yo, it is Faith Chair Friday on a beautiful Saturday. I think I like that better than it's Faith Chair Friday. Just adding that Saturday throws people off. They, they got to listen to that. <laughs> what did he just say? Um, but I don't know what it's like in Kent, but up here in Linden, it is gorgeous. The sun is out. It's about 58, maybe 62 degrees out. Um, it's gorgeous up here. And I haven't gone for my run yet, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's And nice. I'm also excited. This is neither here nor there, but I'm very excited about Ford's electric truck coming out in 2020. <laughs> like, I'm so excited about that. I've mentioned it like seven times this morning. Mariah's like, what? Yeah. Why is... What? <laughs> but um, today, we're going to get into something that's probably extremely controversial especially in the uh, Christian church for for a lot of Christians not all Christians but um, the circles that I grew up in not for Palestinian Christians as we were right not for Palestinian Christians but the circles that I grew up in and probably you this would be an issue hearing the other side of the coin especially from our from our point of view and not even from our point of view we're just going to read scripture and and point out what it doesn't say. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So today we're going to talk about, we're going to try to answer the question, should we as Christians be praying for Jerusalem in the way that it sounds like we're praying for Jerusalem, like excluding other places? Like pray for Jerusalem, and one of the scriptures in Psalms, Pray those that pray for um, uh, pray for the for Jerusalem, and those that love her will prosper. Right. I think that's what the verse says in in Psalms. Um, but does that that does not mean don't pray for Miami or Paris or Alabama? But we take it uh, we take it as I just before I resigned, someone came up to me and they were like, "You hear what's going on in Jerusalem?" This was in in twenty twenty. Um, and this person said, well, that's why I pray because, uh, I'll never stop praying for Jerusalem because that's our mandate. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? They coined a phrase from Chris, uh, what was that? Which one of the Christians was that movie? Head of State. I was get the two. That was Chris Tucker and there's Chris Rock. And Chris Rock, it was Chris Rock. To coin a phrase from Chris Rock, <laughs> where he said, God bless America. Most Christians would say, God bless America and Israel. And no and Israel, right. <laughs> that was his phrase. Like, God bless That's America. No so what is the problem with that? Because there is a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that I think the first thing that we have to tackle is a conversation we've had before regarding American nationalism in the church is that there is a difference. There's a difference biblically. There's a difference sociologically, philosophically between a nation and a religious group. Mm-hmm. So in, in the same way that I think part of the problem in, in America is that we have we have actual religious Christians and we have what I would call ethnic Christians. In yeah. other words, it's, it's now become a people group uh, and you don't even necessarily have to follow <laughs> the things of Christianity to call yourself a Christian is right. what I mean. And this, we have the same thing with the Jewish people, right? You have people who are, and, and, and this is not something the Jewish people would argue. There are people mm-hmm. who are Jewish who identify as Jewish, but do not practice Judaism. Right. Right. And then you have right. people who, 
you also have people who wouldn't be considered ethnically Jewish, but practice Judaism. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you, you have people who are both, right? They are both ethnically, you know, genetically of the Jewish heritage, and that's that would right. be of Abraham, right? Um, who also practice the religion. Um, and the problem is that in the Christian church, especially the American Christian church's attitude towards Israel, which is a nation, mm -hmm. a nation that is pluralistic in, the, in, in some of the same ways America is, is not just a Jewish nation. There are Christians right. there. There are Muslims there. Right. right. The, the source of the whole conflict, there's Palestinians there, right? Um, it, all that kind of stuff, right? It, it is, it's a nation Mm -hmm. does not represent only the Jewish or, or represent only Judaism, right? The religion of, of Judaism. And so when we equate the two, it's, it's a misnomer. It's, it's a, it's a false reality. Israel mm -hmm. does not equal Judaism. And so for American Christians to simply say, well, we defend anything and everything that Israel does. Right. First of all, that doesn't mean that you're defending God's God's right. people. It doesn't mean that you're and standing it, for those who were chosen it, by God. You're standing up for a human government. That's right. Right. That was created by humans after World War II. Right. Israel didn't even exist as a nation mm -hmm. uh, for for quite a while, and and this is a fairly Israel is a fairly new thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact year, 1947, something like that. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> less than a hundred years old is this yeah. nation called Israel. Um, that's totally different from, from the Israel we talk about in scripture. Right. Right. The, the, the crazy thing is the people who all practice Judaism. Right. And it's, and we, we've been misled into, and I think a lot of things that, so this is the angle that I'm coming from on, in this, in this debate. Should we be praying for Jerusalem exclusively? Um, like the, Jerusalem is way more important than if something happens. In, uh, you, and you see the people post on their social media, pray for Paris. There was, a, there was a shooting. Pray for Miami. There was a shooting. Pray for Vegas. There was a shooting or a bombing or whatever. Pray for everywhere. But not like. Right. Everywhere right now. Right. But not like they don't say it the same way when they say, pray for Jerusalem. I'm praying for Jerusalem. Stand with Jerusalem. And here's my angle. The reason why they say that is because there is a blessing attached to it. There is a premise attached to it. If you pray, a premise attached to the promise, if you pray for them, then you will be blessed. And yeah. the only reason why... We're praying for them is so that we can get a blessing. Mm. They don't really care. If you cared, take your behind over there and actually put your feet on the ground and see what's happening. Like you said, we we think of Israel as being this God's place. But there are Palestinians living in Bethlehem right now who Jewish people won't even talk to. Palestinians who are Christ followers. Yeah. Who Jewish people will not even associate with. Right. Um, and we're over here thinking, oh, this is where God God lives there. And everyone, just like you said, and I'm glad you said that, we think that everyone there is just, everyone in Israel is out there just serving Jesus and just waiting, oh, patiently waiting for his return while they're being persecuted. No, that is not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so many layers to this conversation that I think has to be deconstructed in our, yeah. in, our in our American Christian thinking because it it has been something that's been harped on uh, for so long and, and and you're right I think some people do it out of out of, out of the well if we do this you know it says we get blessed I think most people do it for the same reason most people do everything that we do yeah if somebody told us that's what we're supposed to do like someone who we trust someone who we respect the pastor. You know, a, a Bible teacher, Sunday school teacher, somebody told us that, you know, we're supposed to defend, we're supposed to pray for, we're supposed to mm -hmm. protect Israel because those, that's God's chosen people. And, and I think right there is, like I said, we confuse Israel, the nation, with God's people. They're not the same. They're not yeah. one the same. 
Yeah. Uh, and so that's the first. So we have to realize that, you know, especially in current events, right, all, with all the violence and, the, you know, the military, the militarized uh, aggression from Israel. Um, it, it, none of that is like the actions of Judaism. Right. It's not being right. decided on by rabbis. Uh, the Lord did not say, go to war and I will be for you. Israel. Right. No, that's not what's happening. This is a government. This is a national right. government. This, it, right. It, right. The government of Israel is no different than the government of Spain, the government mm-hmm. of Morocco, the United States. Get, like It's not any mm-hmm. different just because it happens to be based in this place that God called the promised land. If you even if you look through scripture, whenever God talks about Israel, he's talking about the people, the people. He's He's not not like he's not saying, oh, this geographical area must worship me, obey my commands. Right. You are my people. If I am your God, if you obey my commands. So even when people took a look at all the Old Testament promises and the blessings and the curses for those who would go against Israel, none of that had to do with the geographical area, none of that had to do with the government. Um, it had to do with the people. Yeah, always. Because they were God's people. And they were God's people because, even though they failed a whole lot, <laughs> they <laughs> they were at least the ones he had chosen to set apart to be those who followed him. Um, and the key for Christians is we were yeah. researching this. Um, and if you guys want to read it, I'm not going to, because it's a lot. If you want to check out Romans chapter nine through 11. And I was Hebrews, just going to have you, I was just going to say, why don't we Hebrews just read chapter, it? Because <laughs> it is way, way too much. So you guys can read it yourselves. We'll summarize Romans chapter eight through 11 and Hebrews chapter eight. Make it clear that that whole idea transitioned mm-hmm. in the new covenant. When Christ mm-hmm. came, it was no longer God's chosen people, because now right. it's available. Everyone can be a son of the people of God. Everyone can right. be a son or a daughter. And Jews who practiced Judaism, who rejected Christ as the Messiah, were now right. in disobedience, disfavor, were cut off by God. They no longer have access to the Abrahamic promises mm-hmm. because they didn't follow God's plan all the way through. They, they right. stopped at a point and became disobedient. So to look at Israel today, even if you're looking at the Jews in Israel today, mm-hmm. uh, they've rejected the Messiah that's right. And so all the, all the promises and all all of the blessings, none of that applies anymore. Mm-hmm. And and there's no there's no particular responsibility for the rest of us in the world to protect Israel because yeah. they're not the chosen people anymore. Right. They they can be if they accept Christ the same That's as right. all the rest of us. That's what the Bible says, right? We're Gentiles engrafted in. That's right. To the Abrahamic heritage. So there's Jews all around the world. If you're mm-hmm. a Christian, you're a Jew, in mm-hmm. in, in essence, right? Yeah. Um, and we talked. We talked. Actually, I don't know if we did on podcast, but we talked about how it, it. In reality, the Jewish religion doesn't exist. That might be yeah. controversial for some people. But the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, and unlike when it was destroyed the first time, it's been 2,000 years. This has not been rebuilt. It has not and been rebuilt. It, That's right. It's, it's the, the the theological opinion of Jesse Parker that the reason that happened is because of what Jesus said in John chapter four to the woman at the well, mm-hmm. there will come a time where it will not matter where you worship God. That's right. Right. So God, he, he gave some time for the gospel to spread throughout the Jewish uh, community 40 years after Jesus died. And then he let the Romans destroy the temple because that wasn't the method of worship anymore. That, that wasn't was, the old covenant was gone. It was done yeah. with. Judaism at that point, I believe, in God's heart, ceased to exist. Mm-hmm. Offering sacrifices, all the priestly stuff, all the rules that they'd come up with, the Pharisees and Sadducees, none of that was valid anymore. You were How Christian we... or you were against God. That's it. Right. There's no Jewish middle ground anymore. There's no, I'm a son of Abraham, but I don't right. believe in Christ. That doesn't count right. anymore. Right, um, and I think these are these are important <laughs> layers to this understanding of what our attitude and relationship with Israel, the government, the nation right. should be. We have, and we have to also remember 
that Jesus was tell Jesus told them expressly, and they knew what he was talking about when in the parable of the wedding feast when he told them, "Look, go to these specific places and invite these specific people." When you go and you invite these people, and they reject you, then go to these other places and invite anyone that you come across. He was he was telling them that I came for the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. They rejected me. Now go to everybody. Yeah. Because there will be people who you never expected. Yeah. To yeah. follow me that will be following me. And it took Peter years <laughs> to to finally grasp that point. And he had to have a dream a vision of food being brought down and the the Lord telling him, don't call what I've made clean, unclean. For him to understand that this message is not just for the, the message of the gospel, the word of the gospel of Jesus is not just for the Jewish people, but it is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it. it's really interesting. Like- it's really interesting to ask the question too, uh, if if you read Romans and even Hebrews yeah. chapter eight too, um, you know how it's like a thought exercise, right? So it's like, well, what was God's plan if Adam and Eve had not failed? Right. If they had not failed, if they had not sinned, then it would have just been perf- like Jesus wouldn't have had to come. So Jesus was yeah. like a backup plan. He was the he yeah. was the plan if if <laughs> they chose to go wrong, right? And and in the same way, some of the language in Romans and Hebrews, the 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 uh, uh, inference is is that if the Jewish and Jews in mass had accepted Christ, yeah. I'm not entirely sure that the original plan was to make the gospel available to all people. I, that, like said, I've asked that all, myself. All the parables of Christ and the language in the New Testament is basically like because the chosen people rejected him generally right we know some some believed and and have continued to believe and and you have messianic mm-hmm. jews today right but in in general mm-hmm. the mass people of 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 the jews of israel at the time mm-hmm. rejected him and so god said okay go out into the byways and basically mm-hmm. okay now i'm making it available to everybody because y'all missed it you rejected the promise that i had given you rejected right. the messiah and I'm not okay with that. And so now we're going to make it available to everybody. It's an interesting question of like, if they hadn't have rejected Christ, would we have even had a chance or would it just be, these were my chosen people and they're still my chosen people yeah. set apart different from everybody else in the world. Uh, I don't know the so. chronologic order of these events, but I think the story came, This the story of Jesus sitting at the table and uh, the woman coming up to him and saying, please, master, can I have uh, this healing for my daughter? And Jesus says, no, that's not for me to give to you because I've only come for the chosen people. He, he said the lost sheep, the house of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. I can't give this to you. Uh, dog, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he calls her a dog. That's not. It one is of like the, that's not one of the conversations we like to talk about. Jesus had no, <laughs> but 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 what you just said brings that question because I've thought about that for a long time. Just like if they had not, or if they had chosen him, would we be here? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, because Jesus expressly came for the lost sheep. The house of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like I mean, we can't say that he didn't know. He did know. He was just on mission. And then yeah. when the people did what the people were going to do, he was like, "Okay, this is now the new mission. I have to enact the next part of the plan, which yeah. is my my grace is sufficient for everyone, not just not just um, the Jewish people." And and. I like what you said earlier. It's the people, not the place. Yeah. If the land was that important, are you kidding me? You think yeah. you think God was in Jesus to die for some land? Hey friends, it's Jesse 
from the Faith Chair team. And I wanted to let you know something that you might not know. You are why we do what we do. You are also the ones who make Faith Chair podcast reach all around the world. If you're enjoying this conversation, enjoyed other episodes of the podcast, we want to encourage you to like, subscribe, follow, and most of all, share with those around you so that we can reach as many people, as many hearts, and change as many lives as we can with these ongoing conversations about the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. I mean, again, so so in John chapter two, I think it is, where Jesus clears the temple, mm-hmm. he makes this statement to the to the leaders of the temple after they're like, "Who what? Who gave you authority to to do right. this? Yeah, right. Throw everybody out and, and do all this crazy stuff." And he he makes a statement to them that they don't understand about him being the temple because he says, "I'll tear down this temple and in three right. days I'll rebuild it." And it, and it right. says they did not understand that he was talking about himself as the temple. Mm-hmm. And then he fast forward to John chapter four and with the woman at the well, and he tells her essentially that there's a time coming where true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The context of that is there's not going to be any more holy places. Right. So the new covenant, because of the Holy spirit, we were just talking about this in our Bible because of the Holy spirit, there is no more holy locations geographically because wherever we are can be holy. If we choose to worship there, because Mm -hmm. we have the Holy spirit inside of us. So, Mm So that immediately tells us that the geogra- Jeru- the city of Jerusalem, the geographical territory that was the promised land, none of that is important to God anymore. Right. anymore right. To your point, it's not any more important than any other place on the planet. Right. So Israel, Jerusalem does not deserve any special attention. I mean, there's violence happening there right now. There's conflict. There's people dying. So we should be praying. We Pray should be that. We should right. be calling for peace, right? But we, but we should also be praying for those same things in the same level of earnestness anywhere where That's violence right. and 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 crime and and death is happening, um, injustice is happening, and 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 again because of our way of looking at Israel, we have overlooked, ignored, pushed aside some of the violations and the human rights issues that they have been perpetrating. Absolutely. Right? People talking about how like Hamas and stuff are characterized as terrorist organizations. And, but then you have to ask a question of like, well, what are they responding to in the same right. way, that our, the same way that the American aggression in the middle East has created terrorism yeah. uh, organizations in response to that aggression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. In the same way, Israel's aggression towards the Palestinians, which of course, is not a, it's not an it's maybe the oldest conflict in the world. The old, they were fighting since uh, the birth of the brothers. I mean, the yeah. three major religions have come from Abraham. They're Abrahamic religions: Christianity, Judaism, right. and Islam. And they're all family. They're all family members. <laughs> yeah, right. This like is this is a family. This view. is a tale as old as time, essentially. Yeah. Right? So it's like this and is what you say the other day. So it's the Hatfields them, and McCoys. Yeah. So to call them terrorists, right, is only because we see Israel's claim is more legitimate. Yeah. And 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 we're not holding them accountable for the ways that they persecute, uh, oppress, and commit violence against this group. Right. I mean, throughout right. history, like, you know, whoever's in power identifies whoever is rebelling against that power as terrorists. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. been true. In the South, in slavery days, it was the slaves. If right. there was an uprising or rebellion, right? I mean, they didn't use the word back then, terrorists. That's a, kind of yeah. a new coined term. But but the idea is the same. And, and that's the same thing that's happening now. So it's like we should be praying for Israel. We should also be holding them accountable for what they've yeah. done. And like you said, yeah. in some of your research into this issue, you found that there's communities of Palestinian Christians, Christians in Israel who have been being oppressed and persecuted by Jews. That's right. So that tells you right there that the Jewish people are after Christ, after the new covenant. If you don't accept Christ, you are at odds with God. Mm-hmm. And they're and actually, that's what they're Roman actively says. in some ways persecuting these people who are Christians, who are mm-hmm. sons and daughters of God, who are engrafted Jews. 
because of their ethnicity. Yeah. And that's that's not a human rights issue. That's not that doesn't make them terrorists. You're persecuting. It's no different than persecuting someone because they're black or persecuting right. them because they are uh, uh, Hispanic or persecuting them right. because they're Muslim. You're you're, po- you're you've pointed them out because they're different than you because they're an enemy. Yeah. Uh, but but they're Chris- there are brothers and sisters as Christians. Right. So that tells you right there that there's a there's a there's a conflict, a divide between Israel, the government. And even Jews yeah. and God's people who are yeah. now those who accept Christ as Lord and Savior. This goes to everything that we've been talking about since we started this podcast. The things that we don't know are actually hurting us. Um, we think, we've thought for many years, There, uh, and all the research that I was doing in, pre- in preparation for this talk i couldn't find anything that was contrary to or or at least on the side that we're coming from about this issue everything that i found was why we should pray for why we should be interceding for jerusalem and israel countless videos countless articles and any, people, any thought process to to the opposite is probably buried on page nine of Google. Like, right? Sure they, it's just, <laughs> you're not going to find it because the overwhelming majority has subscribed to this idea again because mm-hmm. that's what from, we're from Bible. Where did they find that? And it's only it's only that premise promise thing, like well, like we talked all, about earlier. It's, it's, people it's, want to be blessed by God, and we, they want America to be blessed by God. If America, that's why the our government has so aligned itself with that whole plight. Some Christian was like, hey, you got to pray for Israel. Uh, If you want America to be a Christian nation, you want God to bless America, you got to pray for Israel. You got to help Israel. Which is funny. Where did they find that? Because the same people conceptualize us as the new Israel. Right. We consider ourselves the new Jerusalem, the Zion, all that kind of stuff. that's, That's the whole ethos of the Christian American nationalism. So then it would seem odd that we would also feel like we need to defend what would be the old. <laughs> but, so, but again, it's I, I, I was thinking about it while I was walking today uh, to your house uh, to find <laughs> <laughs> But I was I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what, it's just like the enemy. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, okay, so you guys, okay, so you guys want to be a Christian nation. Okay, there's nothing I can do about that. But what I can do is I can get you focused and thinking and building this Christian nation based on Old Testament principles and not New Testament yeah. principles. And we've seen that, I mean, over the last almost two years of doing this podcast, we've we've seen that. Uh, we've talked about it repeatedly, is that so many of these things from our justice system to our yeah. uh, reliance on government to the death penalty, the conversation yeah. we just had, um, is all based, all of it is based in Old Testament like none of it is based in new tech. None of it is Christ-like. That's it's right. Biblical, but not Christ-like. So, and that's right. why I was like, that's just like the enemy. Okay. If I can't get you to get off the Bible, I, I'll get you focusing on the wrong covenant. Yes. And, and your thought process, your worldview, your society around the old covenant. Yeah. So that you're yeah. not living in the new covenant. If, if, and that's a win for him. Right. Yeah. Because what, like you said, that what we don't know is hurting us. Yeah. And it's hurting the gospel. It's hurting the uh, people who are not saved. It's hurting the testimony of Christ. It's hurting us as individuals and yeah. as uh, as groups. And it's hurting people who we should be protecting, praying for, defending um, when we give carte blanche to Israel because it's Israel because the word Israel is in the Bible. <laughs> now, here's 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 another question uh, because this comes and. I, Hopefully it's not too off topic, but maybe we can tie it in somehow. But if we say that, is it if we come from the angle that we're coming from on this topic about Jerusalem and praying for it and praying for Israel, that concept is found in the Old Testament. Are we saying that we don't need the Old Testament or are we just saying we have severely misunderstood what is written there.
I was thinking about that too because I think a lot of these ethos are justified by. I mean, even I wa- I watched Dead Man Walking last night. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, and, uh, nice. And and it was you know the 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 prison guard was like you know well doesn't the Bible say a tooth for a tooth and it's just like and I'm yeah, screaming yeah, yeah. in my mind like dude that's Jesus literally said not tooth for a tooth right like, that was Old Testament <laughs> yes it's there but that's Old Testament and I think right. it all stems from the verse that says you know all Scripture is good for uh, teaching correction right um, and, and again we ha- always have to remember in that context. Mm-hmm they're talking about the old Testament because the, the new Testament scripture didn't exist. They were writing it and they didn't think of it as right. scripture at the time. And we that word scripture, that word scripture, that was a word added by the translators um, who spoke different language, who Latin was their main language. The word that Paul was actually using was Torah. Mm, yeah, Hebrew so, word for scripture is Torah. So he was saying all Torah or all Tanakh, um, yeah. uh, Pentateuch. It, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we, we yeah. have to understand that as well. So yeah. So what he's saying is like there's wisdom there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand the Old Testament yeah. is valuable because it teaches us about the nature of God. Yeah. It teaches about you know how we go about living a life that pleases Him. Yeah. Uh, because even between the Old and the New Covenant, we know that God's nature doesn't change. Just that's right. Jesus coming in the Holy Spirit changed the the nature of that relationship. It didn't change mm-hmm. God. It, it it gave us grace and mercy where there wasn't before. Because that's good. That's good. Christ, but it didn't change God. So so mm-hmm. his character, things like the Ten Commandments that, that tell us what he sees justice as being. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think I think personally the primary reason uh, God said that the primary reason they were talking about this idea in the New Testament was. They didn't want people to wipe away the Old Testament because that's one of the primary testimonies to the to the truth of who Christ was, is all the Messianic uh, prophecies. So if you say, oh, we don't need the New Testament, well, then within a couple of generations, Christians no longer even know it. And you've totally lost that 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 huge aspect of, hey, guys, Jews, (laughs) this guy was the Messiah because he he satisfied all of these prophecies that were in the old test in the, in yeah. what they called the scripture. Right. And so, yeah, it has value, but we've misunderstood that and said, and we've thought of it in, in a practice, we said, well, that means that, that we can take this and apply it now. Mm. And, and, and we forget to look at it through the lens of Christ. Right. So we let all, oh, well, the old Testament is good for teaching uh, correction. And I, there's three things that it says in that verse. I'm forgetting right Reproof. now. And, and reproof. So we say, oh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. <laughs> but we forget that in a New Testament lens, that got that got debunked. Right. Right. And God doesn't operate that way anymore. He's going to. The eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth is going to happen on judgment day. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. And through Christ, we have the opportunity to duck that judgment through grace and mercy yeah. with faith in Christ. Right. And, and that opportunity didn't exist before. Yeah. So it got I didn't change. It's still two, eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But it's just it's not our job. Right. And that's what Jesus. So. So, again, it's like we we mix up that translation where we take that stuff and we apply it literally. And yeah. we miss using the New Testament interpretation that changes. Like when you talk about the death penalty. Yeah, and and uh, Sister Helen said it in Dead Man Walking. Uh, uh, well, they also, uh, if we were going to follow the Bible, you also have to kill people for disobeying your parents. That's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, adultery, idolatry, mm-hmm. like, and, he, and the the, the guard. Oh, there'll be a lot of deaths for that adultery one. Yeah, the guard. The guard's like, I ain't gonna argue scripture with no nun because I'm <laughs> I'm gonna lose, right? So it's like, it's funny how we obviously know that not every prescription in the Old Testament applies. And so that's why I think in the back of our hearts and minds, we know we're manipulating scripture. We See, have to. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we choose yeah. to apply only the things we want to, to apply while giving ourselves outs on everything that we don't want to apply. Here so it is. Like, so we know that, we're, we know that yeah. we're fudging. We know that we're fudging the lines. We know that we're, at least we should, with any small amount of critical thinking, we would come to the quick realization that we are not being honest 
and we're not being true to God's word. Because if we really yeah. believe the Old Testament still applied in its entirety, then we would be living according to those standards. But we have to right. choose. We pick and choose what's convenient. Oh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That way we can kill killers. Cool. We like that one. Like, um, and again, the whole defending Israel because it's God's chosen people and yeah. we'll be blessed if we do. Okay, cool. We like that one. Like We, we like that one. We're picking here's the thing. what applies, even though I, yeah. the crazy thing is it seems like the things that we pick and choose from the Old Testament are the ones that Jesus directly contradicted. Bro, so, I, it would be one thing if we choose our some some archaic weird thing that Jesus never really talked about, and we're like, oh, whoops, we we missed we missed the fact that in the new covenant this would be different. But we choose the things that He directly spoke to. Yeah, and was like, no, that's yeah. not the, that's not the rule anymore. And then we apply it, and we make it a law, and we make it a rule, and we make it a practice. I'm so glad you said that because it makes it abundantly clear that the when Jesus said, "I didn't come to abolish it; I came to fulfill it." Yes, we miss we miss the fact that all the things that we want, all those promises we want are him. Yeah, He is the fulfillment of the promises. We don't want him. We want the land. We want the riches. We want the abundant blessing. You know what I'm saying? But he said, no, 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 no. I am all of that. Yeah, I can surely do that stuff. And in most cases, we know stories of people who have uh, uh, who've gotten ho- homes. You guys, one of them, God worked it out for you guys to get a home. But Jesus didn't come for just that. Like his main reason for coming, he said, to seek out those who were lost and save them. Yeah. To bring life to those who were dead. Yeah. To open the eyes of those who were blind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So those other things that we focus on he was the fulfillment of all that the promised land yeah the promised land was not that place but was when jesus when jesus told it like you said in john the woman at the well it's no longer about the actual place yeah well it is it is right right. heaven we have a promised land right it just doesn't exist on this planet that's right that's (laughs) right I mean, or, you know, I know Cal would have something to say with, I mean, we won't get into the whole new earth theory and and get everybody confused and stuff, but it doesn't exist on this earth as it exists now. We'll we'll say that. Whether heaven is going to be some spiritual thing or God, Jesus, God is going to recreate the earth in its perfection like it was uh, before Adam and Eve. Excuse me. And we will, you know, live out of time there or whatever, however you interpret those scriptures. We do have a promised land. But just like everything else, it got translated into a spiritual thing for the most yes, part. Yes, yes, yes. At least, but it did at least get translated. Mm-hmm. It got shifted by the new covenant from what it was in the old covenant. And mm-hmm. and I think the trick is like like it was like it says in scripture, right? The the spirit and the flesh are constantly fighting. Yes. And the old covenant is attractive to the flesh because of what you just said. The blessing isn't some, uh, you know intangible right 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 right. like thing that's going to exist in this heavenly place in the future it's Mm -hmm. i can i can touch it feel it experience it now i like that my flesh likes that i like the promises to say i'm gonna have blessings now where i can see them and touch them and hold them and experience them and enjoy them yeah right i like i like we've talked about a lot we i like the checklist i like to be able to know if Mm -hmm. i'm right or if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. my flesh enjoys the old covenant yeah for the most part yeah. For I the, mean, I I, we don't like the circumcision part again. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> we take, we take, again, we've taken pieces of it. Yeah. Like, how, how do we think about so many things old covenant way, but then we we've correctly been like, oh well, I don't have to offer sacrifices anymore. Right, right. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. But that stuff, I if I will still claim for myself because that's that's good stuff. I like that. I don't want to do the stuff that's difficult, but I'll take all the blessings and everything. It doesn't right. work. It's either all or nothing. You're it's all either yeah. old covenant or it's new covenant. And I think the challenge is that the new covenant appeals to our spirit, right? And the old covenant appeals to our flesh. Yeah. And so that's why there's so much conflict. And that's why yeah. we default so easily to pulling this stuff out of Old Testament. 
to, yeah. to support these different um, um, belief systems, these different uh, f- philosophies, these different worldviews, these different social structures, yeah. um, moral standards, all this kind of stuff, uh, because the New Testament is harder because it's appealing to our flesh. All right. Yeah. It's appealing to our spirit and requires the Holy Spirit yeah. to actually live in it. So the easy way is the old covenant, which is why I think yeah. uh, governments, nations, and and oftentimes the church um, slides yeah. that way if we're not careful. Slides that way if we're not intent. Slides look that at what way they're doing. Particular about proper teaching and, and doctrine. Yeah. Um, because look at what happens. Our default. Are you called to ministry? then you need to know about SUM Seattle. The goal of SUM Seattle is to raise up and equip the ministry leaders of the future church. Our aim is that SUM Seattle students graduate our program with the competence, education, and a foundation for ministry for the rest of their lives. Through leadership and mentoring, our students will have access to ministry in large urban communities and inner city outreaches. They will enjoy partnering with local ministries, as well as growing and developing their personal ministry calling. SUM Seattle offers a unique and affordable education, all while engaging in practical ministry experiences. For more information, visit cityviewchurch.com forward slash SUM Seattle today. And that's what happens. We go back to fleshly things. Let's fight for this land. Yeah. We're going to fight anyone who tries to take it. Really? All right. If it was a spiritual thing and you really understood what Jesus was saying and you were really following him, you'd be like, oh, you want this land? Here. Why are you fighting for it? Because you know this is not why we're pre- we are doing the same exact thing over here because what we understand in America as American Christians is Western thinking and understanding uh, of scripture Christians that obviously God's kingdom is on the earth and he wants America to be the new Jerusalem. So just like we fight for America, we're going to fight for Jerusalem and get everybody off the land that doesn't. Yeah. Superstition and, and, and in a lot of ways, very pagan ideas about power being tied to geographical, like, I def I want to go to Israel someday. It'll be so yeah. cool to visit all the places, but I don't think that there's any special power of God at the Dome of the Rock. I don't think there's right. any special power of God at Jesus's tomb. I don't right. think there, you don't even see anything in Scripture about that. You don't see nope. anything like oh, and everybody nope. everybody traveled to Jesus's tomb and touched the cloth that was on his gravestone and got healed. Nobody talks about that. That was hey. something that got made up later. Check this out. What you just said, I'm reading, uh, I want to say this guy's name right. I I feel like I keep saying it wrong. Um, You see, I I do say it wrong. I'm saying Eusebius, but it's Eusebius. Eusebius lived around uh, the late first century, early second, third century. So he didn't have direct contact with Paul, Peter, and these disciples, but he knew people that had direct contact with them and he would speak to them and... And he went about gathering all the information that he could about Jesus and his followers um, and the martyrs. And he wrote down all of all this stuff. And one of the things that he talked about was there was a woman who who found out that he was doing all this research. And she found out that he had this article of of clothing or something, a depiction of Jesus that someone had drawn or taken on the day that he was crucified and the woman asked for it and he was like no she said why he said because i don't want to give you something that you can make an idol out of Mm. wow and i feel like that's what that's what we would do to all those things yeah it's israel is in some ways an idol for the christian church especially in america yeah like we think that there's something special or holy that God is still tied to a geographical area. And he just yeah. he makes it very clear th- directly through the words of Christ mm-hmm. and through the rest of the new Testament that that's just not true. Um, I, I, I love, I love the three chapters in Romans and Hebrews because it still makes it clear. God loves the Jewish people. Yeah. There, 
they were his chosen people and he still desires for them to be a part of his chosen people. Yeah. But as long as they reject Christ, they're in conflict with, with, with him. And I think they it's, it's important conflict. to, re- I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'll bring it up because it bears on this conversation uh, directly. Yeah. as well. Um, during, during the theological assessment that I had to go through for ordination, one of the questions that was asked was if, you know, how would you respond to a congregant who, asked if Jews, Muslims, and Christians worship the same God. Yeah. And, you know, through study and some prayer, and uh, I believe from the response to that, the, what they saw as the correct response was um, that, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. The Jews and the Muslims share a common spiritual background. Um, Christians came later and don't right. share the same spiritual background because they were birthed out of the faith in Christ. Yeah. This is how you look at it. If if Jehovah Yahweh is actually Father, Son, and Spirit, yeah, then how can two religions that reject, well, at least the Muslims we know reject, uh, the Muslims and Jews we know reject the Son, and yeah. in most respects that matter in terms of Christianity and New Testament understanding of the Spirit, they also yeah. reject the Spirit. Yeah, um, we see in the Old Testament there is an understanding that God sometimes pours out His Spirit for particular reasons, but that's not the same as the the uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so the idea is like they don't worship the same God because they've essentially rejected two of yeah. His three characteristics. His that's parts, right, whatever, uh-huh. right? And so they they worship a false version of God, and that's how God sees it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, these were my people. These are the sins of Abraham. I have all these promises, this heritage for them, but they have rejected me because they rejected the son. They yeah. rejected the Messiah. They rejected the Christ. And so now that for the last 2000 years, Jews have been living in disobedience to God and judgment from God. And so they, when they die, they don't get to stand before the judge and say, well, and they can't again, they can't they can't even practice real Judaism anymore because there's no temple to offer sacrifices at. <laughs> so, so what right. are they gonna what are they gonna go and tell right? And again, the only reason that's true is because they're fixated on the fact that the temple has to be in a particular place. They could have rebuilt the temple when Israel became a new any time in the last two thousand years, they could have rebuilt the temple somewhere. Right. But they but feel my like question it's is, there, and because they haven't been able to build it there because of the yeah. if, Forgive me if I'm incorrect, but that's because that's where the Dome of the Rock is, right? Yeah. Because I, be- the I believe so. I don't, I don't. On the site that should have been. Yeah. And that's the that's part of the whole conflict, right? Is But it's just like that's the misunderstanding. And, and that's the reality that we have to understand is that Jews um, are in conflict. They're in disobedience yeah, to in the conflict called God because yeah. they've essentially rejected two-thirds of his existence. My question is, what would that, what the heck would that have to do with us if they were to reconstruct the temple and practice Judaism like it was practiced in the Old Testament? In other words, going back to conducting sacrifices. Then what would we do here? We'd be like, oh, yes, that's what we want as Christians to go back to doing sacrifices. Essentially, that's what we would be saying. Yeah. And, and again, the New Testament, Jesus himself made it clear, like this isn't. God no longer accepts the, the burnt right. offerings as worship. Right. So they right. could keep doing it and be like, hey, God, we follow your rules. And he's like, no, you missed the no, point you because you missed the Messiah. You, mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't follow my will. You, you yeah. rejected me. And you've basically been practicing idolatry by continuing a worship system that I have done away with. So do you think that we're praying for, that the majority of people that are for this whole pray for Jerusalem are praying for Jerusalem, praying for Israel, in hopes that their eyes would be open to the true Messiah or that they would get the land back, if you had to guess. I'm not sure that any that the general Christian prayer is that specific. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just a general Israel has to win. 
whatever that looks like. I, I think so too. That's what the videos. So like, have been, I don't know that it goes as far as watching. Like, saying, Lord, restore your temple for the Jewish people. I don't know that it goes that far. I think some people yeah. maybe, uh, probably those who maybe are more aware of the details might be praying mm-hmm. that way. Um, more aware of the history of the conflict. But in terms of like your general modern Christian, I think that the idea is just that we have this, we've been taught the general ethos that Israel needs to win. And yeah. that as America, we need to make sure that they win. And, and we forget, of course, that the American government involvement in Israel has nothing, they don't care about that. They they support Israel because, because they're an ally in the Middle East. Yes. If, yes. if Israel was if Israel was Muslim or even if they were uh, were like they are now, which is generally led by by Jews or at least those who are Jewish ethnically, yeah. Um, but said we don't want anything to do with the United States. We're not going to support your role in the Middle East. The United yeah. States would not be for Israel. That's right. Period. Like that's, right. It, it, that's another one of those fake things where they play to. They play to the conservative Christians' ideologies for political gain. The only yeah. re- in the same way that, like, you, you can say That's, what you want about why we invaded oh Afghanistan. The reality was oil, right? It, in the same way, like, the reality of why the United States government supports Israel is because they need allies in the Middle East um, to protect and also be able to continue to fight the war against terrorism. And we, um, I understand that. But now you bring Christians into the mix, and like you just said, it, I'd have put my head in my hands because we got it so wrong. The only reason why we're doing that is to get power. The Christians, I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking the government, devoid of God, except for whatever scripture writings they have on their on the walls in the White House or whatever. Um, but they're not trying to live no. in a way that pleases Christ. No. They exploit you know our they exploit right. our faith for the sake of power and That's control. It. Absolutely. Like they don't actually care about it's again because it's a government, it's a world government mm-hmm. system and we think that it's going to serve the church is going to serve God's interest. No, it's never going to serve God. It might accidentally, it might occasionally if they happen to yeah. align in a moment, but yeah. but not because not in submission and obedience to the king of kings. Mm-mm. It's just, it's what is going to best serve us in terms of power, influence, control, uh, military victory, whatever. That's right. what, that's what a government is supposed to be concerned with. Yeah. And we think that it's, you know, we've had that conversation before, but I think, I think what we really need to take away with is like, again, we're not saying don't pray for Israel. Right. That's we're not saying the takeaway Israel is not, does not deserve any special attention. If you pray and intercede Correct. against violence, Correct. against unnecessary death, uh, against conflict, then we should be interceding for a lot of different places at right. the same time. And, and look, and God may give particular people a, a focus on a particular area and that, and that's fine. But again, we're, we're speaking to what is the heart behind it. If your yeah. reason for praying for Israel is is just to blanket say God help Israel to win because that's your people, that's your that's your nation, that's your chosen uh, people or whatever, and they should or to win, be blessed regardless of what they're actually doing to people mm-hmm. and, and not hold any not hold any accountability, then then you're wrong. But right. if but if God's giving you a heart to pray for Israel, because He gives some par- people a heart to pray for South that's Africa, true. and some people a heart to pray for Australia, and some people that's heart right. to pray, like that's totally cool. But if, if in that, like you said earlier, the heart should be we're praying for salvation, we're right. praying for eyes to be open to the gospel, we're praying for those who minister the gospel in that area, yeah. we're praying for peace because we believe that lives are valuable and matter right. because people that God loves, whether they're Palestinian, whether they're Hamas terrorists, or whether yeah. they're Jews in Israel, God loves them all and desires that's for them right. all. So if that's your prayer, if that's the prayer guys put, more power to you. We're not saying anything is wrong with that's that. Right. We're just, we're trying to open eyes and ears and hearts to understand that there's, that, that Israel, it doesn't hold a special place anymore. Yeah. And it doesn't hold a special place in, in God's heart, I don't believe. Um, and it doesn't require, and God doesn't require us to somehow defend Israel for right. the sake of this promise that isn't, it's not a promise anymore. It's a it's promise, not a promise that's anymore. available to every single person. That's right. Christ, 
it got changed when Christ came. And that's, we have to understand that transition. Jesus is the promise. He, he was the promise from the beginning and he'll always be the promise. And uh, this was by no means an exhaustive conversation about this. Um, but if, if anyone, anyone listening has any questions or has any more information, um, send it to us, reach out to us. Um, because we definitely want to keep our minds open to the conversation. Uh, we know that Jesus is the promise. <laughs> He's the fulfillment of all of the promises. Um, and his plan is that no man should perish, yeah. not just Israel, not just Jerusalem. So yeah. I, do you have I, any more information? I tried to do a, I tried to do a pretty exhaustive uh, search through the mentions of Israel in right. the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, and I want to caveat that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't don't waste your time or our time coming with Old Testament stuff because like, it's I know, not I know relevant. Right. This is into a thousand generations, and right. that would bring us up to today very comfortably and easily, right? We know all that, but we mm-hmm. have to remember that all the promises were always in the context of obedience. That's right. And the Jewish people, Israel, has Thank not been obe- obedience to God for the last two thousand years because they rejected. I said that in my book. The Messiah was a part. That was the yeah. that was the final chapter, the ca- cap yeah. of Judaism was that the Messiah was going to come and deliver a new kingdom, and he did, and the Jews rejected it, and so they yeah. don't have claim to any of those promises anymore. That's I, I said that in my book. The world, Jesus said, the world will know that we belong to Him by the way we love each other, but God knows we belong to Him by the fact that we're obedient to Him. So yeah. without that obedience, he does not recognize us as his. Yeah, and we don't have access. The Jew, the Jewish people, never had access to God's promises when they were in yeah. Israel. Yeah. So, so I'm, we're not. I'm, yeah. not I, I'm not interested in Old Testament promises yeah. or declarations of the Lord because right. they don't they don't apply. If, Yo, when we're talking about a government whose right. citizens generally have uh, rejected Christ, right. Man, this was a great conversation. I'm glad we had this conversation because um, I I feel so much better. Because <laughs> uh, like after be all the these one, years... I feel like this will be the one we get hate mail on. Not- uh, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, but for years of my life, that's what I've been taught. That's what I thought. And I thought I was in... Uh, just to be honest, I thought I was in the wrong for a long time for not. But not knowing why... Like, why don't I feel like I should? I feel like I should be praying for, like, everybody, not just that in particular. But so I'm so glad we had this conversation. I forgot to mention this, too, because I'll I'll use this as an anecdote to show just how, even in Christian leadership circles, how twisted this is. And it shows that so much of it has to do with power and money and control. Um, I believe it's not TV Daystar. Yes. (laughs) Because I actually know people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daystar did a fundraising campaign by selling square foot parcels of land in Israel to people. I said, well, now you have a physical stake in the nation. You of just Israel. made me pass out. I just passed out. Y'all can't see me, but I, I mean, just laid I mean, that's out. basically selling indulgences, right? Like you, we just, we resurrected a Catholic practice and basically said like, you're going to be blessed by the Lord because right. you're going to have a stake in Israel. And all it was was just a fundraiser for them. Like they, they make money off. It's it. simony too. I don't know how much they charge per square foot, but I'm sure it was more than that square foot is technically worth. And it's like, what it's are you guys going to do? Go simony. stand in a crowd in this 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 parcel of land that they sliced into square foot. Can can a person even stand? In? I don't think a person can even fit in a square foot. Bro, that's the whole. I'm only doing it to be blessed. Yeah. I'm I'm just doing this to be to get the promise of the physical blessing, because Jesus obviously isn't enough for us. I need to have more. Um, it's I, I, I'm glad you said that because I just I just land. was reading about indulgences. Like I own a piece of the promised land. Oh, that's so ridiculous! It's simony. It's simony too. Let me have some. Let me buy that gift. Of the Holy yeah. Spirit. Now I'll I'll be able to do the things that you guys are doing. I, it, it's yeah, don't it's open all jacked up. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's all jacked up. Yo, if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, or encouragement, if they have gift cards that they want to send our way as well. Uh, <laughs> or, we shouldn't call uh, it hate mail. Maybe that scares the Christians away. Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism and topic Loving choices. Rebuke. Right. Loving rebukes. <laughs> Where can they send them? Well, you got you guys can always <laughs> interact with us on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, the Faith Chair. Um, that's the um, the at uh, what do they call that link? Whatever the username for all three of those social media platforms. So um, you can find uh, posts of the episodes there. You can interact with us there through uh, the various messaging and, and DMs and all that kind of stuff. You can also email us directly at faithchairpodcast at gmail.com yo this was dope pray for Jerusalem because God loves people pray for the people there but pray for all people thanks Thanks for for listening. listening join us next time yes please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture